0: a rising tide lifts all boats and our view is that that this recognition for seaman stadium will shine a big spotlight on the western canadian baseball league and all of our tremendous tremendous franchises
1: welcome to episode 239 of alberta dugout stories the podcast i'm joe McFarland. It is all happening right now. This is definitely the busy part of the summer as the regular seasons are winding down and playoffs, provincials, nationals are all underway, which means a ton of storylines that we're following, so let's get to it. We'd first off like to congratulate all of the teams who have come away with provincial championships over the last few weeks through Baseball Alberta, Little League Alberta, and Babe Ruth Baseball. There are far too many to name with winners coming from all corners of the province in everything from 11U right through to the Baseball Alberta Elite League, a tip of the cap to all the teams on playing some great baseball, and to all the hosts for doing such a great job of welcoming the province to your communities. On the national stage, there has been plenty to cheer for. Lethbridge did a great job hosting the Junior Little League Championships recently, which Quebec won. St. Albert Softball Little League won Nationals and represented Canada at the World Series event in Greenville, North Carolina, going 0-2. And Calgary Softball Little League also went to the World Series in Lower Sussex, Delaware, where they went 1-4. Me. Meantime, the Little League World Series is slated for August 16th to 27th in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Canada's champion is being crowned in Regina. As we record this episode on Wednesday night, Alberta performed very well in the round robin, going 3-3, securing a spot in the semifinals, where they unfortunately lost to Little Mountain. So they will play for the bronze on Thursday, the day this podcast hits the airwaves. A number of other playoff runs are on the go as well, including the Sunburst League final between the Sherwood Park Athletics and Calgary Rockies. That is a best-of-five series, with Sherwood Park up 1-0 heading into Wednesday night. We know there are plenty more so make sure to drop us a line on social media or email albertadugoutstories at gmail.com, and we'd love to give your team a shout-out in a future episode. As for the Western Canadian Baseball League playoffs, the first round ended very quickly with four sweeps. In the east, Moose Jaw knocked out Swift Current, while Medicine Hat trounced Regina. In the west, Okotoks beat up on Fort McMurray, while Sylvan Lake pounced on Lethbridge. I'm eating my words, Ever so slightly as I have said, it's felt like a year where the underdogs could take a series or two. And in the first round, not so much. So in the East, we have Moose Jaw, who's looking to defend its East Division crown and get to some unfinished business as well after losing the WCBL final to Okotoks last year. While Medicine Hat has been playing some great baseball since the All-Star game and have seemingly put the league on notice that they are not messing around. The Miller Express and Mavericks also met back in 2022, so there's that storyline to watch as well over the coming days. In the West, it's the same kind of deal as a repeat of 2022 is, is on deck with Okotoks and Sylvan Lake. The Dogs are hoping to repeat as WCBL champions with many of the same players they had last year. The Gulls, meantime, would love to make their first appearance in a league final after joining in 2021. Both teams have strong rosters and there seems to be quite the rivalry that's developed between the two. That series should be a doozy. The best of three WCBL championship series is set for next Tuesday through Thursday and we'll have all the coverage for you on our social media channels as well as here on our next podcast episode on to our guests this week and we will start in oak tokes where seaman stadium is on to the final of the ballpark digest best of the ballparks competition at the summer collegiate level the home of the dogs was the only wcbl stadium in the running and the only one in canada to get in the bracket in the first place they're up against the home of the vermont lake monsters centennial field and voting ends saturday night we thought we'd catch up with William Gardner about the excitement the contest is generating and what it means to the dogs, the Oak Tokes community, and the WCBL to get this kind of recognition. William, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast.
0: Joe, always a pleasure. Great to be with you. You guys do such a great job. Great to get together and talk baseball anytime.
1: Absolutely. And it's not the first time Siemens Stadium has been in this competition, but here we are talking about being In the final now, how excited is everyone around the ballpark right now with this revelation that the home of the dogs is the at least in the top two and could potentially be the number one summer collegiate ballpark in North America according to Ballpark Digest?
0: Well, I hate to sound awful, but we always knew it was the number one ballpark in collegiate summer baseball. Our fans come out as you know every year. We're going to have one hundred and fifty thousand fans come out to Seaman Stadium this year. It's a special, special place. It's near and dear to my heart, and it, it really is a special, special stadium. But i got to tell you, being recognized in this contest is really a great feather in our cap. We are so appreciative for our fans voting us through this Ballpark Digest contest. And to um, when we made it into the Final Four, that's the furthest we've ever gone. And now to be in the final up against Centennial Field in, in Vermont, I mean, we're very, very excited about this. And we know we can count on our fans to put us over the top. Bring the uh, accolade where it ought to be. Uh, put the flag up at Seaman Stadium that we've been officially declared the best ballpark in summer collegiate baseball.
1: You, as you mentioned, you've known it for a long time. The league has known it for a while. The province has known it for a while. But this really it seems to be an opportunity of sorts to finally put Okotoks on that Canadian map and the North American map as well in a place that it rightfully deserves to be
0: well that's kind of you to say joe and we also feel very very good that this is this is a great point for our league to make some headway in its recognition as well you know a rising uh, a rising tide lifts all boats and our view is that that this recognition for seaman stadium will shine a big spotlight on the western canadian baseball league and all of our tremendous tremendous franchises you know you think about what the western canadian baseball league has done over the last number of years SEMA Stadium built in 2007, the expansion and renovation down in Lethbridge, the great renovations that they did in Medicine Hat, the new facility up in Sylvan Lake, the facility that's being built outside of Edmonton that's going to be the future home of the prospects, Regina looking at a new facility, talk of upgrades in some of the Saskatchewan communities. You know, you think of what this league has brought to baseball facilities over the last number of years. It's just tremendous. It's a great level of baseball it deserves the spotlight that could come on it and we hope that it not only brings a great recognition for the dogs program and Siemens stadium but also for our tremendous league the western canadian baseball league certainly deserves this recognition
1: take us back to 2006 2007 you mentioned it earlier when this thing was being built in the first place could you have ever imagined that this plot of dirt that you had big dreams on would soon become as acclaimed as it is today
0: would not have imagined it, and, and this will come as no shock to those of you that know me. I'm, a, I'm I'm a bit of a grand thinker, and I know that when I talked amongst the dogs, directors, and executive committee, uh, they were kind of looking at me like I'd lost our my, my mind on opening day 2007 when I said, you know, we're going to have over 3,000 people. We had a wager going. I won that, that contest, and we had over 3,000 people, and since then, it's just grown and grown but this has so far exp- expanded beyond even my lofty expectations of what i hoped and thought it could be it's just been absolutely amazing you know to think of us averaging over 4500 fans game in game out this year over 6000 fans attending the all star game just utterly incredible and so many fans are discovering us each and every year new fans are coming all the time i'm told that over half of our fan base is now based Calgary, it's that short 15-20 minute drive south. It's worth the drive. It's a tremendous experience, and what 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 an experience it's been, and what a success it's been. And years ago, when the Dogs and Seaman Stadium was declared as a grassroots baseball phenomenon, boy, were they ever right. This has just grown so far beyond what we could have ever imagined, and it really is a testament and a tribute to. Those great fans that we call the greatest fans in all of baseball for standing with us, supporting us year in, year out. It's just been tremendous.
1: Speaking of that All-Star game, I was uh, having a conversation with John Arcandia during the broadcast. And you could tell he had that proud papa moment and, and <laughs> as he's looking across and just seeing the, the, the amount of fans and just the, the acclaim that comes with that game. From your perspective i know you get to do the announcing pre-game and some of the postgame festivities that kind of thing how crazy is it for you to maybe turn on that microphone or right before you turn on that microphone and see that crowd do you have that same kind of proud papa moment
0: you know i get excited each and every time i go down on the field and one of the things that i'm so incredibly grateful for is not only that fan support but that it's never it's never gotten old for me Mm -hmm. each and every night i go down on the field and i look up in those stands I know so many of the people personally, and I've gotten to know so many of our new fans that are coming. But I'm I'm thrilled, and I always feel I want to say thank you to each and every one of them for making the decision that night to come down to Siemens Stadium, to share our passion, to be there and support us, to take in the game. You know, you, you, you really do. You're proud, and you're, you are you feel excited, but you're also very humbled, and you think of all the effort and work, the years that John put into this, the tremendous energy that he put into building the organization, and then ultimately building the stadium. And it is so gratifying to see how those fans come out each and every night. The All-Star game is special. There's an energy and an excitement around it that truly is. It makes it an All-Star experience. But I must say, each time I step on the field and look up in the stands, it just has never gotten old. I get a big smile, a special feeling in my heart, oftentimes a lump in my throat. And I think how tremendous and how special is this that these fans come out every night. I drive down the hill, I turn into the stadium, I look to my left and I see the fans walking down the hill with the lawn chairs under their arms, Their wagon loads of kids, their blankets, umbrellas, whatever the conditions need, mean they need to bring. And I am just so incredibly honored to be part of this and, and to think of how this has resonated in the community. It truly is very, very special.
1: I'm going to get to the community part in a second. I want to touch on something, though. How important has it been to not rest on your laurels through this process as well over the last almost 20 years now? You think about where this program has been and that. And it could have been really easy, say, in 2012 or 2013 to say, "Okay, we've hit our our benchmark. We're good to go. But instead, you're continuing to find new ways of innovating and new ways of building into that facility and really making it better and better every year.
0: Well, there's a reason John Arcandia is on the list of the most influential people in baseball in Canada every year. He has a passion that is simply unparalleled for this sport and this game. He brings that tremendous energy, excitement and drive. And John is not one to rest ever on anything. And I think that filters down through all of us. As a a volunteer director, as a member of the executive committee myself, you can't help but catch that. John's passion is the baseball. How do we make the team better? How do we bring in better players? How do we recruit top coaches, top players? Given the fan base we have, they deserve the best talent we can put on that field. And then in turn, he's so proud of the facilities. And how do we add to it? How do we make it more special? We build the core four patio. It gives us the opportunity to make a great fan patio and a unique Siemens Stadium experience out there in left field but it also pays tribute to the Core Four, the original founding members and supporting team of the Dogs when they were a youth program back in the early 90s. And then from my side, it's about the fans, it's about the fan experience, the promotions, the community events, the things that we do that say every night, meet them, greet them, present a great baseball game, and then thank them, thank them, thank them. We have the greatest fans in all of baseball and I just can't say enough about that. We want every aspect of visiting Seaman Stadium to be special, to be enjoyable. We hope every night can be memorable, that they can uh, stand in the stands and watch their kids run around the bases with Diggity after the game and go home and say, you know, we've had a great time. We met some great people. We had a great experience. And so you put that all together. It's it's very easy to keep going. We've, we've got exciting plans, things that we'd like to continue to do to the stadium to keep it fresh, things that we continue to like to do to our fan day experience to make it exciting and and fresh and wonderful and special. So we never sit back and we never rest. We're always looking ahead. And when you're excited about something and you're passionate about something, it's awfully easy to do that. I remember years and years ago attending a baseball conference and they were warning us, you know, the stadium is new in 2007 and you'll go along for about three to five years. People will like that it's new. They'll want to come, they'll want to experience, and then your attendance is going to start to slip. Then you're going to have to find a way to draw them back in, change things up, new promotions, new excitement, reach out to a whole new fan base, sponsorship will wane, and then, you know, these ebbs and flows and ups and downs. And I just think it's a testament to our fans, our community, the baseball loyalists in the area, that we have never once gone backwards in our attendance, our support Every year simply sets the stage for a new record and what's to come the year following. So it really has been tremendous to share this journey, not only as an organization, but with the greatest fans in all of baseball.
1: We've talked a little bit about the, the effect of a, a competition like this on the dogs organization. We've talked about it from a, a WCBL perspective as well. But it'd be something else for the community as well. It puts Oak Tokes on the map, I think, I, in my humble opinion anyways. When you think about that aspect of things, and I know that the, the whether it's just Oktokes Minor Ball as an, as an example, there's a huge element of community attached to everything you do. And this feels like a bit of validation for that as well, doesn't it?
0: We feel the same way you know our first year in okotoks when we were uh, we were we were opening the gates for the first time with the fans come out they started to support it and enjoy it and it started to build you saw support in okotoks minor baseball over the next years literally explode their numbers just increased doubled and tripled and it's just been amazing to see what's happened at that level and then there's a fan base grew and people were coming they naturally brought friends and brought family, and, and we started to feel that the community was very, very proud of what this was. I can't tell you how many times I've been visiting the stadium, and people will drive up and say, you know, family is here. First stop in, in, in Okotoks is Seaman Stadium. We wanted to see this, them to see this great ballpark that we have in our community. And literally every day over the summer, somebody will come driving in and say, I'm passing through, I've heard about the stadium, I wanna see it. Uh, The people in Okotoks take a great deal of pride in that stadium. And something very, very special was said to me, and it was said in the first year of Seaman Stadium being opened by none other than Don Seaman himself. And he complimented us on an organization by saying, you've made these people feel that this stadium is theirs. And that's the absolute fact. That's exactly what we wanted them to feel. We didn't do anything for Okotoks. The opposite is true. They did everything for us. They provided us a home they supported us all these years and when we're just so very very proud we're proud we can share it with the community we hosted the summer games opening and closing ceremonies packed to the rafters for that great event great celebration of youth sports in the foothills corridor and it's just an honor and a privilege to be part of this and to see how the community has embraced it and how they're proud of it and so we really hope we can share the excitement of announcing that we've been Recognized in the Ballpark Digest contest and put another feather in Okotok's cap. They earned it and deserve it, and we hope to be able to deliver deliver that to them.
1: It's got to be kind of a weird full circle moment for you too, right? Because you think back to 2007, you got those five, six, seven year old kids who are, <laughs> um, you know, the 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 light is shining in their eyes, that kind of thing. And fast forward 20 years, and now they're the ones that are bringing their own kids to the the stadium. Like that's got to be pretty cool.
0: Joe, it is just unbelievable. And, and I say to so many people, you know, I have the greatest role with the dogs and John Candy has given me such a privilege to be part of this, but you know, I, I, a young man works in our press pockets. He manages it. He started coming to the games when he was a, a, a very young man, five, six years old, sitting out on the berm and chasing fly, fly balls, graduated from there into the dugout and backbought a few games went to our academy, went and played some college baseball, now works up in our press box. So many stories like that. I can remember a young man that that was, you know, again, young guy, six, seven, eight years old, working the the dugout as a bat boy, out on the berm chasing the fly balls, down on the field getting the autographs after the game. And then uh, when he turned 16, came up into the ticket office with a bright red face to say, I'd like to buy two tickets tonight. It's my first car date. I'm bringing my girlfriend to Seaman Stadium. And you have so many moments, dads and moms, that have brought kids up the stairs and said, this is our newborn baby, few weeks old. We wanted them to be at their first dogs game. It's been so amazing and so humbling. Proposals that have happened at the stadium, anniversaries that have been celebrated, significant birthdays. This stadium has become such a part of the fabric of that community, and it's just been a privilege to be on the sidelines and watching that right up close and see what it means to so many people. So, you know, literally almost every night we have some occurrence that is special and sort of tugs at my heartstrings. We just recently had a family come from Caracas, Venezuela. Their dad has been transferred here on business. And I saw them come up the stairs, and the the four of them had these uh, Caracas Lioness jerseys on. And I asked them what that was, and that's the home team town in the Venezuelan Baseball League. Dad's been transferred here. Mum and kids have arrived. And uh, their first outing as a family after getting settled in Calgary was to come down to Okotoks and take in a game at Seaman Stadium. Just incredible and just amazing to meet those folks and see that, that this has caught on and this is infectious. And the people are as proud. Uh, they have those proud papa moments just like we do almost every night.
1: The passion certainly rings through when you're chatting with William Gardner. William, final question for you, the one we ask everyone. What does the game of baseball mean to you?
0: Baseball means to me, family. Uh, I had the privilege of watching a lot of baseball uh, over at Foothill Stadium. Three generations of us. Dad, Grandpa, and kids. And I see those folks come out to Seaman Stadium and see all the families. The Seaman family stood with us. The dogs are the greatest family in baseball. And uh, for me, baseball is about family. And I can not I can't tell you what it means. It just is incredible to share that experience. Meet so many of our great fans. Meet their families have the honor of sharing this with them and welcoming them to our beautiful home in Okotoks, hopefully soon declared by Ballpark Digest, the college summer baseball greatest stadium in all of summer baseball. We hope that comes through.
1: Vote, vote, vote. is certainly the name of the game here with the Okotoks Dogs and that Ballpark Digest. Three days to vote. William, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast.
0: Joe, always a pleasure. Visit Dogs social media, all the various outlets. You can find out how to vote at Ballpark Digest. Go to ballparkdigest.com or dogsbaseball.ca. Cast your vote. We'll talk to you next week, hopefully celebrating that we are the best stadium in college summer baseball. Thanks, Joe.
1: Looking forward to seeing how this vote shapes up and what other deserving Alberta stadiums get put onto the bracket in 2024. Next up is Mike Mayak. he is the president of the Fort McMurray Minor Baseball Association and the co-chair for the organizing committee that is bringing two major tournaments to the community August 17th to 20th, the 18U Nationals and the 13U National Westerns. The community has become a staple for Baseball Canada events in recent years, while they're also seeing major growth at the grassroots level. Mike thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast
2: hey great uh, thanks Joe for having me here today
1: how excited are you to get things going with not one but two major events
2: Joe we're, we're excited up here in the Fort McMurray minor baseball world uh, I mean this is a it's a great opportunity up here to uh, host the Not only one event for the 18U Baseball Canada Nationals, but also uh, bringing up here to Fort McMurray, of course, the 13U Western Nationals. Uh, Both are uh, presented by uh, Diversified Transportation. They're our friends at Diversified. Uh, Really helped out this year to uh, make sure uh, both these events were possible here in Fort McMurray
1: you've had a really successful run hosting big events going back even to 2016 then you had the 18u nationals last year and now these two you've got the canada cup coming next summer as well what's been key to success in bringing those kinds of events to your community
2: I you mean uh, number one you mean overall as an organization and uh you mean uh, and more importantly as well the community the the community of fort mcmurray is uh i mean has helped us uh, tremendously of uh supporting these events as we uh we of course uh, brought them to Fort McMurray and uh, then overall the association, you mean uh, Fort McMurray minor baseball has got uh, deep roots into our community. Uh, every year we're growing, you mean this year in 2023, uh, we actually surpassed uh, 900 uh, athletes in our community, which is great news. Uh, ranging from all the way from ages of five years old up to our 18 year group so another great new story happening there as well Mm -hmm.
1: you mentioned the community aspect whether it's volunteers sponsors just people out in the city looking to make it a memorable experience for those who are visiting i mean talk about that power of community in fort mcmurray and why it's become such a shining light uh, especially in the eyes of baseball canada who seems to have picked you as a bit of a favorite spot to come and visit
2: yeah, you mean uh, as the community uh, see the sports and recreation in uh, for McMurray, you mean baseball is uh, a big part of uh, everything that we do in the community. You mean it's uh, bringing uh, families, it's bringing kids, it's bringing all people together. You mean to uh, get out and you know what I mean enjoy enjoy a hot dog at the field and. And this year we're, uh, I'm going to say we're, we're honored to uh, host two events that will be uh, actually uh, our two primary fields are right together at Legacy Dodge Field, So, which is great news uh, for those uh, families that are taking in the 13U event and right after they can just jump right over into the 18U event.
1: I know you've been involved with Fort McMurray Minor Baseball for quite some time here, and I know that there were some big plans heading into 2020, and then the world came to a stop, obviously, and put some of those plans on hold. How much of that downtime was spent by you and your crew Refining what you're going to be bringing to the city so that you could really make it a memorable experience and, and really put Fort McMurray on the map?
2: You no, know, again, uh, a lot of traction and behind the scenes. You mean, we uh, uh, we work closely in partnership with the Regional Recreation Corporation of Wood Buffalo. Uh, you mean, uh, Jody Cooper, there, which is co chair with me on this event for these two events that are coming this year. I mean, there's a, a lot of a, a huge team behind uh, working. All the different angles, you know what I mean? And, uh, things kind of did go on hold in 2020, but it also allowed us time to, uh, prepare as, uh, of course we, uh, the 18U Nationals came to form McMurray last year, along with them preparing then uh, of course, for this year, this year's 18U Nationals, along with, uh, earlier this year, uh, in conversations with, uh, baseball Alberta,
1: where we, uh, did take on, of course, the 13U Western Nationals that's coming up. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. You and I were joking off air a little bit about it, but it's almost like Baseball Canada's got to set up an office in Fort McMurray. I mean, you've really kind of picked picked their hearts, haven't you?
2: Yeah. You mean uh, I'm going to say uh, on all fronts, uh, we we have we have a close partnership with Baseball Canada and Baseball Alberta. You mean uh, I I hope to say that you mean that the confidence there and uh, not only the organization but the community overall that. Uh, I mean, we really uh, we like we love hosting events. We we want to bring this caliber of baseball to Fort McMurray, and I believe you know. I mean, uh, it gives uh, not only people the opportunity to experience our community, but also maybe potential opportunities uh, for other kids out there and athletes
0: come up through.
1: You mentioned you know visitors and the experience that they're going to get. What do you hope they take away from that event, or maybe more importantly, from your own personal standpoint, is how do you gauge success when you're hosting events like these?
2: I mean a, a lot of gauge success i look at as uh as people come to our community just reflecting on even last year's 18 nationals you mean i i think of the uh, the facilities that we have here in Fort mcmurray and uh just the comments that are made that you mean that uh i think that that was bread in the pudding that you mean that when i look at our secondary and primary fields that uh, people are coming up and they're gaining experience right off the hop of seeing these facilities and knowing that uh Fort McMurray, you know we I mean, uh, we're, we're a place on the map, you know what I mean, and we, we want to be a, a big part of baseball and other sports and rec- recreation that we do in the community, and we are gonna we want to continue that on years to come.
1: You mentioned earlier on you're not only the co-chair for the event organizing committee, but you've been a long-standing member of the Fort McMurray Minor Baseball Association scene, going from treasurer and making your way all the way up to the top in the big chair now. It feels like the community's really round, rallied around baseball in recent years. From a grassroots level, what are you seeing?
2: I mean, right from a, a grassroots level, you mean we're 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 seeing growth. You mean of uh, momentum of uh, kids that want to get out earlier in the year. They want they want to play baseball. You mean the the sport has really grown in Fort McMurray. I mean, right from the younger levels now growing up through to the older ages. Uh, it, it's great for the community to want to be involved, and you know, I mean it's great for baseball. And it's baseball for in our community and overall Canada. I mean, as uh, more kids want to get into the sport and we want to we want to help kids get into the sport of baseball.
1: I always ask this of athletes because hockey and football always seem to be one and two in our province and in our country. And yet it seems like baseball is always growing leaps and bounds no matter where you look. So I'm curious from a Fort McMurray perspective, what's been key to that growth? You mentioned 900 kids earlier. What's been key to that growth in, in your neck of the woods?
2: i think that you mean more kids want to get involved more mm-hmm. kids want to get out that they uh love this sport and they they love the sport of baseball as they uh, get more into the community, and you mean we're we're seeing that uh, through different uh, even the outside camps that we run within minor baseball. starting up right from the the spring, and you mean we are going 365 days a year. So as we uh, get ready to kick off our fall baseball program here in September, we we shift it right indoors to a, a winter ball program that uh, continues that growth. You mean and getting kids involved in uh, in playing.
1: I'm curious, how have the Giants contributed to that growth, having that summer collegiate team uh, right in your own backyard?
2: Yeah, Fort McMurray minor baseball, I mean, we, worked, uh, we worked very closely with the Fort McMurray Giants. Got uh, Giant Eddie and the crew down there, including Andrew, uh, very close, you mean, uh, giving uh, to putting off some camps uh, that uh, some of the minor baseball and baseball in general uh, athletes are attending. Along with, uh, even giving, uh, giving a few players. You I mean there, there are some players that are being uh, affiliated down there and getting an experience of, uh, that college-level baseball throughout the season, which is great. Mm-hmm.
1: How cool has it been to see that growth lend itself to bigger accomplishments from athletes? I mean, we're seeing uh, athletes get scholarship opportunities, for example, or they're playing on national teams in both the men's and women's baseball programs now, and they're all hailing from Fort McMurray or the Wood Buffalo regions now. What What's that meant to you and the and the program to, to see that kind of growth where you're, you're seeing some some national recognition from an athletic perspective as well?
2: I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a testament that we're in the right direction. You mean, and we want to continue the momentum as uh, we grow kids through whether it's a grassroots program and or if they want to continue on to uh, a college or university level.
1: I'm curious, from a personal perspective, what's it about baseball that connects you to the game? Why was it that you decided that this is, the, this is the one, one of the sports that you wanted to really uh, hone in on and, and be a, uh, a builder for?
2: You know my kids uh i have two boys you I mean they both have uh started in minor baseball they're uh 03 and 05 and uh, they came up through uh for mcmurray minor baseball and you mean know, honestly when i kind of got into uh 2012-13 i wanted to see how i can get more involved in baseball because uh i truly believe it helps uh it helps mold the the, the child the the athletes of the future you mean the these kids get involved and uh, i believe it's a good uh growth and seeing them and you mean even just uh a good feeling overall as organization seeing kids whether they they want to pursue baseball further or and or uh, they they decide that they want to pursue something after their level of completion.
1: Whether it's at the the minor baseball level, whether it's hosting a major event like that, what's it mean to you to see the smiles on these kids' faces when they get a chance to to perform in front of crowds and to to have the the kind of fun that they do up in Fort McMurray?
2: Yeah, either way, you mean I, I think of. Uh, you mean the, the challenges some kids go through at the same time they're growing, and then the, the, all the positives that uh, the sport of baseball can uh, bring, maybe uh, from ups and downs. But you mean when I think of uh, as the players, either whether whether it's a national and or provincial, or even just a a regular season game on a weekend. You mean uh, seeing the joys that uh, the players have. You mean it's. Uh, it, it gives it, it should give anyone a great feeling knowing that you're doing something right in the community and how we want to grow this sport here in Fort McLean. Mm-hmm.
1: giving back to the community is always key. Final question for you. It's when we ask everyone what does the game of baseball mean to you?
2: You know what, it, it it means coming together. You mean i I think of not only personally my family, but you mean the the extended baseball family and or even just the the community in general. You mean, uh, the experience, the getting out to the ball game, the, the smiles on the, the players, the families, the grandparents, the aunts and uncles in the stands cheering on their, their player out there. You mean, I, I, I enjoyed even as we uh, get ready to go into September here into fall ball. And, uh, I will continue to enjoy it. Like baseball is a big part of, uh, what I do and what we do in the community. And, uh, there's nothing better than seeing the joy and even the parents cheer from the stands. Uh, they cheer on their number one player, of course.
1: Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree more, Mike. Well, congratulations again on all the success you've had with the growth of baseball in Fort McMurray and with all the events. Can't wait to get up there soon. It really has been a long time coming. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast.
2: Hey, thanks, Joe. We look forward to uh, welcoming you one day up here pretty soon.
1: Finally, Nathan Van Lagen captured plenty of attention during the Baseball Alberta Elite League Championships after a social media post about him being the first ambidextrous pitcher to take part in the league the 16-year-old has become a key piece of a growing Neutral Hills Academy program where he hopes to take his baseball journey to the next level. Nathan, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. So you kind of went viral during the Baseball Alberta Elite League playoffs about being the first ambidextrous pitcher in league history. First off, have the phone notifications slow down finally for you?
3: (laughs) Yeah, they definitely have. There's a little bit when it first came up, but... Uh, not nothing crazy.
1: How cool was it though to get that kind of recognition for some of the things that uh, you're able to do?
3: It was it was crazy. It was definitely not something I was expecting. And we were in the middle of one of our games, and all of a sudden I hear the fans talking about these Instagram and Twitter posts that just went up. And then I saw after the game, and it was pretty sweet.
1: I guess the question is, how did this all sto- uh, How did all this start for you? Throwing from both sides.
3: Uh, it's always kind of been something that felt normal to me and ever since like I was little and then it's kind of whatever glove I can get my hands on that's hand i to throw with that day I I don't know it's just sometimes I'd be left and sometimes be right whichever
1: was it something you actively had to try to work on as your baseball career went along or is it something that has always come naturally to you and you've been able to perform at a high level doing it
3: uh it's definitely been a uh, something i've had to work on because uh i don't even know like probably 11 you i threw more left than right and then i actually got a birthday present and a right-handed glove as well so then from there i kind of started i'd pitch left and then go into the field right and then just recently last fall is when i started trying to pitch with both and been working on that since
1: till now do you have a six-finger glove now for pitching, or how does that work?
3: Yeah, I do. I ordered one from 44 Gloves, and it's got six fingers.
1: Very cool. How hard was it to find that?
3: Uh, it definitely took a while. I looked for years, and it took a few months to even be made. So
1: so take us into a game situation for a minute here. Are you the one making the call on whether you want to pitch left or right against a batter? and Maybe talk us through what goes into that decision-making process for you.
3: Yeah, so usually it's just I'll start whichever. If there's a right-handed batter, I'll throw right against him. If there's a left-handed batter, I'll throw left. But in some situations, let's say there's someone on first who we don't want to steal or something, I'll throw left just to keep them on better, make them like, stay questioning, I guess. Mm-hmm.
1: Talk me through the... the pro like. How do you communicate it or do you communicate it with your catcher, with your coaches? Do you have those kinds of conversations to make sure they're in the loop on your mindset going into you know, every single at-bat or every single inning kind of thing?
3: Uh, so usually it's just kind of on me. Like, sometimes if I'm going to do something out of the ordinary, I'll let my catcher know just so he's aware. Mm -hmm. But usually it's just left-handed to left-handed and then right-handed to right-handed.
1: What's it like getting those looks from hitters who are seeing you for the first time and seeing you switch it up on them? I mean, they probably haven't seen anything like this before, so I'm sure it's probably that look of shock.
3: Yeah, definitely. When you're warming up and stuff, you can hear a lot from the other team's bench about what is going on and what is happening, and then when they face you they still don't know what to expect because it's different than maybe what the last guy expected or faced I mean
1: do you have a favorite side that you pitch from
3: uh kind of depends on the day some days my left side will be feeling better and some days my right side will be feeling better or some days they'll both be feeling good so it's kind of just a day to day thing
1: do you have a different arsenal for each side? Like does your right hand throw more fastballs and your left hand throw more curveballs or do you have sort of the same arsenal for both?
3: No, exactly what you said. It's more fastballs from the right side and then the left side will throw more curveballs and
1: off-speed pitches. No way. So do you are you trying to work on sort of that side of things as well and see if you can expand the arsenal on both sides as, as your young career has been going on as well?
3: Oh yeah, that's something we've, done over the winter and I plan to do again this winter for next summer season is expand more for the right side
1: do you have to ice down both shoulders after a game or how do you rehab after an outing where you've had to use both
3: yeah some days some days it's definitely icing both and some days maybe it's just one that's a little sore if it threw more pitches with that one but kind of depends
1: Mm -hmm what's the reaction been like from your teammates? Because they kind of have to adjust to you as well, especially in the field. Like, they're they're sitting there thinking, okay, this guy's going to be trying to go, I'll say, throw an inside to hitters, for example, trying to get the pull. So how's their reaction been like? And even just in regular, normal conversation, are they kind of shocked by what they see on a day-to-day basis from you?
3: Yeah, they're definitely, obviously something they've never seen before too. So they're a little doubtful, but at the end, they kind of, you know, think it's cool and support it. And
1: The last switch pitcher in the big leagues that I can think of is Pat Vanditti. You and I were talking about this off air briefly. Did you ever look up to him at all? Or was there anyone else that you saw do it and go, I could do that too?
3: I uh, don't know. He thought was definitely the only one. Cause I think he's the only one who did do it in the L O V So it was kind of cool to see him do it and see that it's possible and the rules that were made for him and all the kind of different things he needed
1: you're still a young man, still looking to uh, make it to the next level in baseball. What kinds of things are you trying to work on to make sure that you can uh, keep progressing and, and, and try to take that next step?
3: Uh, definitely uh, winter work in the winter and the off-season, just getting like skills and working on uh, a bunch of different mechanics and weightlifting and all that stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. You're playing at Neutral Hills Academy. What has that program meant to you?
3: Uh, it's been good. It's first year. I just finished my first year there, and uh, definitely improved a lot while I was there. And it was good to spend
1: time outside school uh, mm-hmm. playing baseball. Obviously, getting a chance to uh, to do really well too. You won the provincial playdowns that got you into the the elite league playoffs. Talk about the season that you had this year, and and maybe about your own performance as well. How did all? Th- how did everything go from your perspective? Uh,
3: yeah, the season. For me and for our team, it started like we had our ups and our downs, but I felt like as the season went on, you and I improved quite a bit. And then finally, when we got to the provincial weekends, I felt like that's the best I've pitched this year. So it's, I don't know, it's looking up. And then in that Elite league, when I pitched against the Red Deer team, I'd say that's my best game against the best team, so...
1: Fantastic stuff. A couple more questions for you here. Were you a part of the uh, John Gibbons visit uh, a few months ago? Yes, I was. What was that like?
3: It was pretty cool to listen to someone talk who you've been watching on TV for so many years. And you never really thought you'd get to meet him, but we got the opportunity and it was great.
1: Did you get a chance to talk to him at all one-on-one?
3: Yeah, I did and got to show him my glove and everything.
1: Very cool. What was his reaction?
3: Uh, he, he was pretty surprised. He thought it was pretty cool.
1: Talk a little bit about uh, your your dreams and aspirations. Are you hoping to play college ball one day? What would you like to accomplish?
3: Yeah, I don't know exactly where I want to go yet, but college ball is definitely something I plan
1: on doing. From a baseball perspective, who got into the game in the first place? Because I know Alberta is you know, very hockey-centric, a little bit of football, but baseball is sort of off, off the beaten path kind of thing. So who got you into the game in the first place?
3: Well... I actually used to play a lot of soccer, and then we moved out near Veteran here, and then realized soccer wasn't as big as baseball, so then it was kind of just slowly transition, and we've obviously watched baseball all the time, so it's kind of something, something we liked already, and then I just kept going with it. Very cool.
1: Who did you grow up idolizing?
3: I'd definitely say probably Marcus Stroman, on the Blue Jays for quite a while, and you know, he's a pitcher, and that's what I've always wanted to do.
1: So I don't know if anybody can beat him when it comes to just the overall energy and, and pizzazz that he brings to the, the mound as well, which is never a bad thing. For those who are, you know, you're still a young man, you're still finding your own path. For those who are in, say, the veteran area or in that, in the neck of the woods of, of Neutral Hills, what would you give for pieces of advice or words of wisdom as far as some of the things that you've learned along your, your young path so far?
3: Uh, just keep going with what you're doing because for a while i thought maybe baseball was not the right idea because there wasn't that many people playing but once we went to veteran went to neutral hills academy i realized that this is the way to go and just keep on improving
1: fantastic final question for you here nathan we'll let you go what does this game of baseball mean to you
3: uh it's meant a lot it's well taken up quite a part of my life already and something that i enjoy doing and look forward to doing every day even with just going to an academy or playing games over the summer and uh i don't know it's been meeting lots of people and you know keep working on on getting better
1: well a really cool story nathan congratulations on all the success you've had at this point continued success going forward really looking forward to watching your journey unfold and thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast yeah no problem thank you Thanks again to William Gardner, Mike Mayek, and Nathan Van Leggen for joining us this week, and thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review, as those actions help spread the word about ADS. We'd also like to tip our caps to our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The Okotoks Dogs and AHP Academy have been integral in allowing us to tell the game stories in our province. For more, head to albertadugoutstories.com slash supporters. Until next time, thank you for all of your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.